All right, Megan, we have a small but mighty crowd today, but let's go ahead and get started. Take it away. Methicillin-resistant Staphylococcus aureus in Ohio EMS providers, a statewide cross-sectional study. And this is um, in press. It's an, the early online release is what we received, which is in pre-hospital emergency care. Really important study, and I do want to say that I uh, emailed the primary, or sorry, the primary contact, uh, Dr. Huet, um, and uh, he did respond. I'll read his message a little bit later because he has an important message for us. Um, but he is uh, currently uh, occupied. He has uh, 16 visitors, public health representatives from 16 uh, Caribbean countries, uh, and they're focusing on antimicrobial resistance. So got a really important project going on right now. We, I appreciated the answer, and he does have, like I said, a message for us later. So uh, this, um, just to give some background, if you go to the CDC website, they have a really good uh, summary information on MRSA, uh, methicillin-resistant Staphylococcus aureus, which is a bacteria that's resistant to many of our traditional antibiotics. And I think every EMS provider is probably very familiar with the term MRSA. It uh, sends chills. Uh, down our spines, I know, and out in the community, most MRSA infections are usually skin infections. But in medical facilities and uh, in the medical environment, uh, we know that these can be um, can advance to uh, pneumonia, surgical site infections, and then the dreaded sepsis. So, um, what we worry about in EMS, of course, is uh, not just our own exposure, but we transfer patients and transport patients that are very vulnerable and have immunosuppressed conditions. So, uh, we worry about ourselves as both victim and vector. The past uh, research about uh, MRSA colonization shows that it's um, higher in healthcare professionals, above 4% uh, colonization rates compared to a 15 to 2% colonization in the general population. And uh, it's pretty typical to measure MRSA colonization through an anterior nair swabbing, so nasal swabbing. So that's the, the use of this term nasal carriage uh, prevalence. That's actually quite common. So um, one of the good things about this research is it's comparable in terms of its methodology to others. Uh, and yet it expands on something um, and, a, and a gap in the research. So the EMS studies, uh, in terms of healthcare professionals in the EMS setting, those studies are few, but and most of them use small, convenient samples. And so we've had some mixed results there. So their main objective in this study, and this was done in the Ohio EMS um, systems, this was the main objective was to determine the nasal carriage prevalence of MRSA um, among EMS personnel uh, in Ohio, and this is in 2010, and then also to identify what are some associated risk factors with uh, nasal carriage, and how do those compare to what we already know about risk factors um, in, given previous research. And some of those risk factors include, um, number one, of course, failure to use the CDC recommended hygiene practices, in particular those that are associated with frequent hand washing and the use of gloves and hand washing or hand washing after the use of gloves. Uh, other things that are considered risk factors are uh, recent staph infections, um, cohabitation with someone who has a staph infection, and then immunosuppression. So uh, this study uh, wanted to look at the sample of EMS professionals in Ohio, but then it went a step further and that was it used probabilistic sampling 
or probability sampling to uh, estimate the statewide prevalence. So um, this study actually serves as a model for taking something uh, in a cross-sectional study and then expanding it to estimate a statewide prevalence. So I thought that was um, interesting. So they hypothesized that MRSA carriage among Ohio EMS prov uh, providers would be higher than for those, um, you know, in the general population, and then um, that there would be risk factors that were associated with the, the higher prevalence of MRSA in, in EMS providers. And those things would be, uh, as I mentioned, failure to practice proper hygiene um, and recent staph infections, maybe other things. So it was a cross-sectional study. Um, and it was year uh, 2010, one year of data among Ohio EMS providers. There are 10 EMS regions, and there's a picture uh, of this. Sorry, I didn't actually ask you to post that picture, Nora, but um, figure one um, on the second page here, it has the different regions. There, what they did was, because there are urban and rural regions, they created 20 strata uh, of, over these 10 regions. So there's, um, there are, yeah, 20 strata, urban and rural, within each region. Uh, a total of 84 EMS agencies, um, and one, at least one um, of the samples was taken from each of the 20 strata. Personnel were recruited, and there were no exclusions post-enrollment. It was a random selection of the uh, EMS agencies as well. So what they did was they, uh, they took samples, swabbed at the anterior nair, and then using standard protocol, transferred these uh, swabs to agar and appropriate, you know, common procedures in microbiology for examining MRSA, and they called it confirmatory testing according to a standard protocol. Uh, and then they looked for the presence or absence of uh, MRSA. And then the second part of this was a self-administered anonymous survey, uh, and these surveys were linked then to the sample. And within the survey, they gathered data like demographics, health status, um, hygiene practices, um, whether or not the cohabitants, uh, you know, had a uh, staph infection, uh, which is associated with that and more uh, an increase in prevalence of MRSA. In the CDC hand washing, you can actually look that up too up on the CDC um, website under um, cdc.gov/MRSA. Uh, there's a lot of great information for, uh, about MRSA in the healthcare setting and about um, you know proper uh, hygiene that we know prevents um, the carriage and passage of MRSA. But the uh, what they what they did in this study was they they evaluated their um, method of hand washing, the frequency of hand washing, and they did that through again it's a self-administered survey so the uh, respondents would categorize um, whether or not they wash their hands more than eight times a day or seven or fewer times a day um, or whether they never, rarely or sometimes, usually or always wash their hands after taking their gloves off, which I think is a, a very interesting um, question. And by hand washing too, they did say uh, the traditional hand washing soap and water to rinse off um, uh, anything, and then the other technique would be to use an alcohol-based um, rub of some kind. So that is actually included in there. It's washing hands with soap and water or appropriately using alcohol sanitizer. So that was included. So um, 
this cross-sectional study was then used to provide information on the prevalence of the disease or a, a condition, just like a, this is what a cross-sectional study does. It's used to provide um, information on prevalence, so that's why someone would do uh, a cross-sectional study. And the advantage is you, um, you can use a smaller sample, you can keep a tighter kind of group. Um, the alternative would be to do a cohort study and a longitudinal study where you control uh, your data and you look forward and you can actually maybe determine causality or at least say something about it. In a cross-sectional study, we'll be able to say something about associations and that's um, what this research does, is uh, talks about the associations between uh, certain practices and um, MRSA prevalence. So uh, let's look at then the results. The results were that there were 280 EMS personnel enrolled, and this is from those 84 uh, EMS agencies. In terms of demographics, um, they looked similar to the demographics of EMS providers in the state, which was 99% white, 88% male. Uh, average age was about 37 years old, plus or minus 10 or 11 years. Um, interestingly, and I would have asked this, um, I should have emailed him, we, they, they measured uh, BMI, the body mass index, and I'm, I'm curious about that, why uh, BMI uh, would be, so if anybody out there, I know there's only a few of you out there, but if anybody can enlighten me or Google it really quick, what is BMI and how does it relate to um, you know this, uh, these outcome variables or this study, the presence or absence of, of MRSA carriage? Um, but interestingly, all of the, the average BMI was 29.9, which puts uh, overweight, uh, obese border. Um, wondering if that has anything, uh, any bearing. But actually, what we're looking at are is a comparison of those uh, of these, you know, with MRSA and without MRSA carriage. These were mostly ALS providers, and full time, and then uh, less than 16 years of experience. That was the majority of what we're looking at about two-thirds of them, I believe, had less than 16 years of experience. So overall, what we found was that of the 280 EMS personnel sampled, uh, there were 13, uh, which is 4.6%, who tested positive for MRSA nasal carriage. Um, all of these were men, although, again, a small sample, um, and, and all the, the majority male to begin with doesn't, uh, didn't make it significant. And then the um, distribution, when you start looking at who was more likely uh, to have a MRSA, uh, testing positive for a MRSA nasal carriage, uh, there was significant differences in um, the groups. People with open wounds uh, or self-reported open wounds, um, meaning like lesions or a boil or infections, um, those who had reported hand-washing wa hand hygiene, um, you know, types, and we'll go through that, those were associated with uh, MRSA carriage. So 6.75 times greater MRSA carriage uh, rate that for those with open wounds uh, or who reported open wounds uh, than those who did not, and then a five times greater risk of MRSA carriage for those uh, who reported um, uh, you know, less, or less than ideal uh, hand hygiene. So that was um, one of the, the first, and this is from the initial survey data. Then they moved to the survey weighted analysis, and again, this is how to expand it from their sample to the statewide uh, prevalence. The survey weighted analysis uh, estimated 4.4% 4 
of um, MRSA carriage among EMS personnel, which is 1,965 Ohio EMS personnel, um, and a 10.5 times greater uh, likelihood for those who wash their hands less frequently. Um, with someone with a staph infection, the MRSA carriage was 9.02 times greater, and that actually fits with other studies that shows that cohabitating uh, with someone else with a staph infection is greater. So that actually, it strengthens their ability to look at their results that they're actually confirming some other risk factors that are seen in other studies. I do want to make a, a point about confidence intervals. And Nora, if you could pull up that, oh, you did, table four, right? Yeah, we've got that. Uh, can you hear me okay, Nora? Absolutely. Okay, great. I just want to make sure. I'm not going to make sure I haven't been talking for the last 15 minutes to the air. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'll let you know if you if you go dark. Don't worry. Okay. Okay. So um, just a word about confidence intervals. I'm, just for anyone out there who's kind of thinking, again, learning about doing uh, research, um, confidence intervals are a range of values that roam around the sample mean or the proportion. So confidence interval is a measure of the precision of the sample estimate. And an investigator usually sets a confidence interval like 95% or 99%. Um, I, this is a 95% confidence interval you can see up in the top of table four. So table four is showing you that survey weighted adjusted um, odds ratios. And this is again trying to carry it out to the population and see uh, what is the prevalence of MRSA carriage for our um, EMS personnel that were surveyed in 2010. And a few highlights here. If you look at the, um, let me turn to my page here, um, down toward the bottom, the last one, two, three, four, the last four here, and actually really the, the three, cohabitation with staph infection, daily ha hand hygiene frequently, more frequently, less frequently, and then the frequency of hand hygiene after glove use more frequently, less frequently. And you look over to the right and you see the, the, um, the survey weighted adjusted odds ratio. So this says nine times, and cohabitation with staph infection, for example, says nine times more likely. Um, and you've got your p-value over here uh, on the right. And then just below that daily hand hygiene frequently, more frequently, less frequently, and we see the less frequently um, I believe that says 4.2 times more likely, and um, the the p-value of 0.0012. So this looks like a significant difference. One of the things to look at in here are these um, these ranges here that are in parentheses. That's a 95% confidence interval. So one of the issues with confidence intervals is you can see that these are wide. You can see you go from in the cohabitation group, um, you go from 1.03 to 78.98, and then below that you have 1.02 to 17.27. Um, essentially, what you're saying is we have, you know, with 95% confidence that our that our um, the odds of or the the likelihoods are we've already said it's nine times more likely if you're cohabitating with someone who has a staph infection, but are, we're confident that it's somewhere between one and 79. So you see that wide range, and that occurs usually because you have a small sample size, um, but also watch out for the ones in here because sometimes it says, well, it's either no difference or a slight difference or a huge difference. Um, so 
that's something to pay attention to. So now look at the, the, the one uh, below that frequency of hand hygiene after glove use, uh, 10 times more uh, likely. And then you have, um, oh, and I was reading the wrong p-value, sorry for that, it's the one just slightly above it, um, 2.54 to uh, 43.45. So now we have something, so we have an effect here of two and a half times to 43 times. So now we know that this, this is definitely um, a pretty powerful number. And that's actually what um, Dr. Huet, um passed along. Please remind them that the highest risk was observed in individuals who do not follow the CDC recommendations in regard to regular hand washing. So that's actually um, something just to highlight when you're looking at the data, but also just transferring it to, to what this actually means for us. So um, the conclusions they came to are that there is an increase in uh, prevalence of MRSA nasal carriage compared to the general population Ohio EMS providers in 2010. Um, and that really, I think they confirmed their objective, their objective meaning determining the prevalence um, of MRSA carriage among Ohio EMS personnel, and then identifying risk factors. And I think they did um, identify that, that uh, you know, the, the biggest risk factor here was uh, not following the CDC recommendations in, in terms of regular hand washing. Um, and again, there's, there are limitations to every study. The limitations of, of this study are the limitations of any cross-sectional study, really, because you have a small sample size. Um, you can't really de necessarily determine causality. Um, it, it's an observational design, so it limits the ability to, to infer like causality between risk factors and carriage. Um, but you can certainly see the association, I think. Um, they didn't also test EMS personnel and other uh, for MRSA on other parts of the body, although I think that's a pretty standard way of testing um, just from kind of glossing through the literature uh, using the anterior nares. It's, um, if it's most commonly found in the anterior nares, we know it's capable of living uh, elsewhere on the body. Um, and I think the, um, the real the bottom line here, the major concern is, is not just that uh, while we have this exposure risk and increased occupational risk, but because we come into frequent contact and close contact with a lot of our patients um, who, are, who are vulnerable. And so we can serve both as a victim and a vector. So this also really contributes to a growing body of literature that's on uh, risk factors and helps us kind of um, maybe develop models for looking at things like a causality and directionality of MRSA transmission. So um, I, I found this to be a very interesting study, both from a standpoint of looking at designing uh, something like this, starting with a small group, using a cross-sectional design, trying to, uh, modeling a, um, you know, a, a design uh, so that we can estimate a population incidence using the small cross-sectional um, and then moving to a sort of the weighted analysis, um, I thought that was an interesting method. Um, so, and then just hand hygiene. Wow, I mean, <laughs> the fundamentals. But I have to say, I'm. Um, I was wondering about the glove use and whether or not the alcohol, uh, you know, the use of those alcohol rubs, uh, sanitizers, and everything is is actually uh, considered a good uh, hand washing, and apparently it is. Uh, post-glove use. 
So that's what I've got. I don't know if we have any questions or contributions. Yeah, about we, well, regarding your question about BMI, Kenneth Navarro actually went ahead and did a little uh, lit search there, and he says, overweight and obesity are risk factors for community-acquired infections. Adiposity is thought to impair the inflammatory response and, then, and could therefore predispose those individuals to increased colonization. Thank you very much, because I actually wondered that. Thank you. Um, so that's important. Uh, in this study, they did not see, I think, differences, um, but the BMI was, in general, large. So I thought that was, um, that alone is interesting. <laughs> um, yeah, they didn't see, non. it's in Table 2, like I'm looking at the BMI, uh, MRSA carriage and non-carriage, and maybe it might have been a, a, a numbers thing, but no, definitely no, no difference. 29.9 uh, in non-carriage, 28.7 in MRSA carriage. So, now we really didn't see any difference among the demographic um, characteristics between the carrier, carriers and non-carriers. Any other questions from those people who are joining us? Comments? Doesn't seem like I'm, I'm getting any in here. Yeah, we got so, a quiet day. Yeah, it's a quiet finals uh, time um, webinar. So small crowd, sure. but thank you again for joining us. An important study. Congratulations to the authors, and thanks to Dr. Hoyt for emailing back that important message. And uh, keep joining us. Absolutely. Um, our January date is up in the air because I am actually going to be traveling for business on our normal date. So okay. stay tuned. I will be sending out um, our normal invite uh, at least a week beforehand. So um, we're working around that timing and also MLK, knowing that people are out of the office on that day as well. So stay tuned. And um, thanks again. Thank you, Megan, for facilitating this, this month. Yes, a safe and wonderful holiday to everyone. Yes. Take care, everyone. <laughs>